you're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit for restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. He's, he's, he's moving at Williamsburg Christian Church. He's moving in this world. Um, but I look around and I, I see a lot of brokenness, right? Our world is a mess. There's suffering and pain and violence and war. There's poverty and disease, hunger. Um, there's greed and overindulgence, human trafficking, mental illness, broken homes, broken relationships, and on and on. But God is up to something. It reminds me of the cross. You know, on the cross, there was suffering and there was pain, but God was up to something. Right? He, God was at work even, even there on the cross when Jesus was, was suffering in our place. God was at work, and God's at work even now. God is here. God is, God is making things right. right. He's redeeming. He is restoring. And the cross is a reminder that God is in the business of empty tombs. Right? He's in the business of resurrection. Death leads to life. The cross leads to salvation. And brokenness, it leads to becoming whole. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about becoming whole um, as it relates to youth ministry and how this new vision at Williamsburg Christian Church um, filters through down into youth ministry. See, the model for youth ministry has, uh, I think it's been broken for quite some time. Um, Youth ministry hasn't always been around. There hasn't always been such a thing as youth ministers. They probably weren't in the Bible. But since it began, probably, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, um, it's kind of looked like this. There's the church, and then there's youth ministry out here. You know, youth, you hire a youth minister to take the kids out and, and teach them apart from the whole community. But I think that's broken. I think we need to become whole again. I think youth ministry needs to move back in, uh, back into the whole community and be a part of everything we do, um, not just something out there um, on their own. So you've heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a church to raise a Christian, not just a, a youth minister out there. Um, and so, so we're all in this together as a community. We are all doing youth ministry. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for, uh, for who you are and this um, responsibility you've given us in your kingdom, Lord, as, as workers in your kingdom. God, I pray that today you would open our hearts and our, our minds, that we would grow closer to you and understand our, our part in your kingdom. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I am giving to you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on your doorposts and on your gates. Starts off right at the beginning there. Listen, Israel. This isn't a command to to simply parents. It's not a command to simply a youth minister. It's a command to the whole community. Could say, listen, church. Listen, Israel. Listen, all of you. As a member of WCC, as a part of our community of faith, This is for all of you. This isn't just a a parent thing. This isn't just a youth minister thing. This isn't just for people who have gifts that relate to children or to kids or to youth. So youth ministry, it's not my job. It's not just my job. It's it's everyone's job. It's your job. 
And so there's this show on TV, um, I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Have you seen this? I, I don't get that channel, but uh, I've heard about it. Um, that's just crazy. I mean, that would be great if pregnancy was always that easy. Anybody didn't know they were pregnant and then they went to the hospital and a baby came out? No? I, I don't know how, how popular this is. Um, but, yeah, apparently these people, they show up at the hospital with stomach pain. And they're like, oh, you're, you're in labor. <laughs> like, if only all pregnancy was that easy. Um, so, yeah, this show, and it's crazy, and I haven't seen it. But um, I think some of you, you know, showed up today, and you didn't know you were pregnant. But congratulations. It's a youth group. <laughs> you're, you're, all, uh, you're all brand new parents to a, a youth group. Um, and and this, is, this is how um, we are to be. We are to be a community all passing on the faith to the next generation. Let's move on. Um, the next thing it says there is, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. All right? God is whole. He is one. He is not broken apart. He is not in pieces um, like, uh, like our world is. God is one. And as, as Christians, we're to put on display what God is like. He is not broken. He is not split apart. He is not youth ministry out here. It's like the guy that says, oh, I believe in God, but I don't go to church. You know, it, it's broken apart, but God is one. We need to be in community with each other. God is a community within himself. And so um, even in marriage, um, there's this word, akkad, um, that it's, that's used here. God is one. It's also used in marriage when the two become one. The two become akkad. Um, and so God uh, is one. And, and Jesus echoes this this idea um, in his prayer in John 17 when he says that uh, when he prayed for us to be one, he said, God, make them one as you and I are one. He wants that same oneness that God is to be us here in the church. And so that can't happen with youth ministry happening out there in the teen center. It has to happen in every relationship and everywhere in our community. So as, as followers of God, we're to be one. We are to put that on display as a community. We are to sh- show people what this kingdom is like, a kingdom without division, because we are created in his, in his image, and he prayed for us to be one. So there's this, there's this generation gap. I don't think that's natural. I don't think that's um, something that, that should happen. Uh, throughout history, kids have been right alongside adults, um, learning the trade of their parents, learning the culture that they were to become uh, daily, do, doing, doing the same work, and, and with technical, technological advances, um, we've had this need to send kids off to school. And that's where the age separation starts to begin. And then slowly, uh, our culture has, has gone to where we are now. And I think it's probably a generation or two before mine where there was no such thing as a youth culture or a youth market. Um, they probably played like uh, radio for youth, like a, like a rock and roll, uh, maybe once a week, late at night when nobody else was listening and the kids would tune in. Um, and then somebody got the brilliant idea, we can make lots of money on these kids, right? This, this disposable income they get through allowance and these part-time jobs, uh, we can market to youth. And now we've come to a, uh, from, you know, one hour a week on the radio to most radio stations are program marketed to youth. There are dozens of TV channels just for youth, from Disney to Nickelodeon and on and on. And... <laughs> We have entire empires of fashion and cars and movies and sports and lifestyles all marketed to youth. And this advertising culture, this marketing culture has created a separate youth culture that says youth needs their own brand of everything. They need to be separated and we need to market directly to them. And I think, I think we bought into that. 
I think youth ministry bought into that because what do we do? We hire a youth minister, and he takes the kids out and, and does their own thing in their own time in their own space where uh, it's cool to the kids. It's their style of music, their style of communication, um, and we break apart rather than bring together, which is what God is about. God is about bringing us together at CAD. I mean, this youth ministry, don't get me wrong, I've probably bought into it a little bit. You're right. But, but I've always had this, this feeling that, that something's broken about this. We need to move students back toward community with the larger body. I mean, there are huge churches with full-blown, full-scale, you know, separate buildings, separate staff, all for youth ministry. Um, and it stays separated like that. But this separation of youth ministry and church, that's broken, right? This Garrett-only youth ministry, that's broken, the, the lack of priority of parents for the discipleship of their kids, that's broken. The body's non-involvement in youth ministry, that's broken. And so a new direction for WCC is that we are joined, right? And for youth ministry, it's been broken in this way, right? We haven't been joined. And I've been a part of that problem, separating them out there and playing into this marketing lie that youth need to be separated. So for youth ministry, this means more than just joining in on this vision, but in a bigger way, joining back in with the larger community. This is already happening in, in intentional ways. The alternative, which is going on right now out in the teen center, um, it's our youth worship service that goes on. Students have always been encouraged to come to first service and worship with the, uh, with the larger community. Um, and then they go out there, and, and um, before we had a separate uh, curriculum, a separate direction. Now, what is happening is we are continuing the conversations that happen in here. Fred's messages are then discussed by students out there. We worship together out there. We sing a few songs. We pray together. And then we split middle school and high school to discuss what the message in here has to do with them. And so the conversation continues. And then the conversation must continue at home. Parents, you're learning the same thing in here that your students are learning out there. So when you ask them what they learned, and they say, I don't know, Tell them, yes, yes, you do. Because <laughs> we, we heard the same thing, and, and we're going to talk about it this week. And, and make that a part of your life, a part of the conversations that happen in your home. And so, um, where are we? I got ahead of myself. So, so we want to move youth ministry back into the larger community, and we want to equip parents to do youth ministry. Parents, you are the main youth ministers in your child's life. That's the direction we must go. It makes sense, and it's biblical, and students need to learn from all of you, from, from the generations above just their parents. There's so much to be learned, so many gifts, so much experience um, that we have that we need to pass on to the next generation. And so students, um, we need to help them grow. And students, we need to learn from you. We need to help, you need to help us help you, right? And, and, and then we can learn from each other, and we can grow together. So what we need to do is create generations create relationships between the generations where faith can be passed on, where wisdom can be shared, where the beauty of a kingdom without division can be put on display, where there is a cad, where there's one. And so what do we do? Well, verse 5, we, we love God with our whole being. You know, God is whole, and he wants all of us. He created us as whole beings. And so we love him with our heart, with our soul, and with our strength. And then we put his word in our hearts. Church, before we can pass this faith on to the next generation, we need to get serious about this faith. 
We need to have this word in our hearts, loving God with our whole being. You know what students get excited about? They get excited about authenticity. One of our students, Taylor, she's, she's done like uh, papers in school, and she wrote about Mother Teresa. And she got really excited because Mother Teresa lived out what she believed, right? She lived out, she poured her life out for, for the least of these. And so Taylor thinks Mother Teresa is like a rock star, right? She's like a fan. She's like a fan of Mother Teresa. So, um, but you know what Taylor needs to know? Taylor needs to know that there are rock stars sitting in this room right now. Taylor needs to know that there are heroes of faith that live out what they believe every day of the week in ordinary yet radical ways, in everyday yet extraordinary ways, right? That there are rock stars. There are heroes of faith in this room right now. Some of you, Catherine Crow, one of my heroes of faith, right? Dave Faith, Fred, all of the elders, all of their wives, my heroes of faith, all right, in this room. You guys, you guys sitting in here right now in our midst, rock stars, right? Heroes of the faith, people who, who don't just sit here on Sunday. You live out what you believe. That's what, that's what kids get excited about, the authenticity to live out what you believe. And that brings us to verse 7. We are to repeat them to our children. You're to repeat these words, these commands to your children, right? You do this, parents. This is your responsibility to pass this faith on to your kids. You are the primary youth ministers in your child's life. But you are not alone, right? You are part of this community. You are part of a community that is joined with you in passing on that faith. We need to equip parents, all of us, the whole community needs to equip parents for success in passing on that faith. Some of you have been parenting long enough to be experts, whether you're experts because of the mistakes you've made and you've learned from, or you're experts because it came natural to you and, it, and you do a good job. You need to share that with parents who are currently struggling to raise teenagers. We need to pass this on. We need to share. We need to be a, a community that is whole community that shares from generation to generation what they've learned and the mistakes they've made. So that's part of being community. We're joined with you in passing on this faith. We have to make youth ministry, when I say youth ministry, the discipleship of our children a priority, a priority above their academics, a priority above their sports, a priority above your vacations, a priority above their safety. Discipleship of our children is got to be above that it's got to be a priority we see this playing out throughout the new testament we see the the passing on of faith second timothy 1 5 this is paul talking to timothy he says i am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother lois and in your mother eunice and i am persuaded now lives in you this is the passing on of the faith from generation to generation And there's a beautiful example of how this is to be worked out in this kingdom in Titus 2, 1 through 7. It says, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. They can urge younger women to love their husbands, to show them what it means to be self-controlled, show them how to be pure, how to be busy at home, to be kind, 
Show them how to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. I'm not going to be able to say that word. (laughs) Encourage the young men to be self-controlled. And everything set an example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity and seriousness. So church, we have this kingdom, okay? And the way this works is teaching each other. Some of you have been parenting long enough uh, to, to pass on that wisdom to the next generation. Uh, parents, you have a responsibility. Uh, we have a responsibility, the community, to, to equip you for that success. And students, you've got to help us help you, right? You have to tell us what your real world is like, not just, not just letting us in on the stuff that you're, you're comfortable with sharing. You've got you to tell us what the world is like for you so that we can help you. In this kingdom, we value each and every one, from elderly to youth, and it's important to share everything so that we can become whole, to share what God has given us. We're a community, and God has placed you here with your specific gifts, these specific people, to make us whole. And if you don't share what you have, then it's going to be very hard for us to become whole. So this is a whole community equipping parents, a whole community loving students, a whole ministry from the whole community to the whole student. The rest of verse 7 goes on to talk about um, basically including the Word of God in all of your daily activities, right? It's supposed to be there all the time. But I think there's some brilliant insight here. Besides the text basically saying it's supposed to be there all the time, it's pointing out these rhythms that are already at work in your life. There's a rhythm. You know, you wake up, you get ready, you drive somewhere, come home, you have a meal, you have bedtime. So what this text is saying is we're to redeem those rhythms. There's already a rhythm in place. All we need to do is tweak them slightly to make them a time for spiritual growth, a time for spiritual conversation to happen. So in the car, use that time. At meals, use that time. When you begin the day, use that time. At bedtime, Use that time. Use that time for spiritual conversation and growth. Verse 8. Talks about using these strategic places to place these life-giving words uh, of Scripture. We need to place them on your doorposts, on your forehead, on your hand, on your gates. To me, um, this is a clear mandate for graffiti and tattoos. Um, I'm I'm puzzled why why more of you don't have um, Scripture tattooed on your forehead. Um, maybe you're not committed enough to the gospel or something. I don't know. I'm kidding. I, I don't think this is saying to get tattoos and do graffiti. Um, but I do, hope that, I do hope that that helps you remember um, that it's supposed to be there. It's supposed to be very um, in front of you, in your mind, in your heart all the time. You're supposed to live it. You're supposed to memorize it. You're supposed to love it. So the more you post it around your house, whether it's post-it notes or beautiful decor, um, have it in front of you. You know, in your car as you're driving, have a... Have a don't honk at angry drivers in a memory verse, you know, like, I don't have road rage. Um, so so it's, it's to be everywhere. It's to be in front of you. This word should be central to who you are and who we are um, as a church. It needs to be a priority. So, so youth ministry is changing. It has a new direction along with the rest of our, our congregation, the rest of our family. It's, it's central to Scripture, and it must stay central at WCC. It can't just... It can't just happen out there in the teen center. It can't just happen on youth trips or just by me. 
we all must join in God's pursuit of restoring lives. And that includes passing the wisdom and experience and faith on to the next generation. So what we're moving toward is from broken to becoming whole. All right, so the vision is the whole community, uh, the whole, it's, it's a whole ministry from the whole community that ministers to the whole student toward whole discipleship. And we're joined in God's pursuit of restoring lives. So this, this change doesn't just come to fit into some vision, but I believe it's the biblical vision for youth ministry. The vision uh, for WCC is rooted in this biblical vision and specifically who we are and what the Spirit is at work already doing uh, in our church. We are specific people with specific experiences, and that makes up who we are as a church. So, so being, being joined in God's pursuit of restoring lives, it's the direction that God is moving us. And all of what we do must move with God, move toward who he is shaping us to be. And so we want to make disciples, which brings us to our three circles. And, uh, and, and my three circles are way messier than Fred's. Uh, that's because youth ministry is messy, all right? We, we like to make messes, and it's fun. Um, <laughs> so, so the idea of the three circles is that um, one of the circles is, is love God, one of them is love people, and the bottom one is follow Jesus. And so so all of what we do as a ministry at Williamsburg Christian Church needs to fit into one of these. It needs to have the main idea in one of these circles. So like Sunday morning worship service, that's a love God thing. We come here, we worship together, we study God's word, we pray. Um, that all fits into the love God circle. The love people circle, um, that's more of a fellowship meals and events and things that we do together to, to make relationships real, spiritual, godly relationships that hold each other accountable and encourage each other and push people forward um, in their faith. Um, and the follow Jesus um, circle is, is our mission. You know, this is, this is the things we do at Grove. This is the, the money we send um, around the world to mission. Um, and so, but, but youth ministry really doesn't fall into any of those. Youth ministry really has all three. I mean, some, things, some ministries that we do just, just don't fit in one. Uh, small groups, for example, small groups is, a, is a, something that has all three, right? You, you meet together, and you love each other. You study God's word, you pray together, and you do mission together. Small group is a discipleship experience, a, a full discipleship experience. Youth ministry has to be the same thing. Right? Youth ministry has to have all, all three of these areas living in the sweet spot uh, of, the, uh, of the discipleship experience. So in youth ministry, we have to love God, we have to love people, and we have to follow Jesus. We need to move students toward the middle, right? It's got to be a full discipleship experience. It can't be something where we live outside of these circles or we live in just one of the circles. We need to pass on a whole faith to this next generation. We can't pass on a half gospel, all right? We, we need to move them toward the center, so in youth ministry, we're going to have all, all three of these areas. And the idea would be to create youth ministry teams where adults, you would be on these teams who, your main idea would be the love God area. How, how are teens going to love God? What are some um, events, ministries, uh, gatherings that we could make that would help students love God and move them toward the center? Um, we'd have a team for, for love people, right? There's... Uh, this, this area that connects students to each other, this area that connects students to the larger community and connects students to their parents and their families. We'd have a follow Jesus team who, 
who would focus on giving students the opportunity to, to serve, to do mission. And in all of these, all of these focus on equipping the family to do these as well. Equipping the family and intentionally seeking intergenerational relationships. No more can we have students who don't know uh, the, the oldest generation here. We need to bridge that gap and we need to come together so that the students can have the faith passed on to them. So we have all three, three of these and it leads to a whole discipleship experience. And so as a family, as a church, we are committed to whole discipleship. Right? We're committed to be joined in God's pursuit of restoring lives. But before that can happen, I think there needs to be some healing in our individual lives. Right? There, there is brokenness in our world, but there is brokenness in, in some of our hearts. Right? There's brokenness going on um, in, in our relationships. There's brokenness going on um, in our jobs, in our lives, and everything we see and who we are. We're, we're, some of us aren't, aren't doing well. And so what we need first is, is to become whole. The only way to do that is Jesus. All right? we, we, we try to find wholeness in other things. Right? We, try to, we try to look for something and, and, and we pour ourselves into that. And that's not enough, so we do more, and we do more, and, and that leads to addiction because it's not, it's not making us whole. The only thing that's going to make us whole is the cross of Christ. All right? He, he was broken on that cross for you so that you could be whole. It's the only way to become whole. So, church, before we can get to a whole discipleship, we need to heal our hearts first. We need to become whole. We need to, we need to step into that relationship with Jesus. Will you guys stand with me? We're going we're gonna to sing, and, uh, and as we sing, uh, there will be elders up here to meet you for whatever's broken in your life. All right? Whatever you need prayer for, wherever you're hurting, we want to help you through that. We want to be a community that's joined in with you in that. Maybe you haven't started that relationship with Christ yet. You can come and we can talk about that too.